This is Dr. Hardin, and it's that time again. And for you that's going to be watching this morning, I'm starting a little bit early. I have some things I have to do, but I wanted to make sure that I would be able to bring you some moments of inspiration. That was That is my whole purpose, is to bring you moments of inspiration. And remember, I said moments of inspiration and not moments of frustration. Uh, a lot of things you hear may frustrate you, but uh, we are not. that's not my intent. My intent to bring you moments of inspiration. And I want to thank God for you that uh, is going to be tuning in today. And thank you, Sister McIntyre. We're so glad that you're doing it. Thank you, Brother Sh uh, Shamar. Uh, Shamar Shurhat from uh, Pakistan. Thank you for t joining us this morning. But I'm going to be uh, dealing with the issue I think that's going to bless all of you. Matter of fact, I know it's going to bless you. And I'm going to get ready to get started, but let me open up with prayer. Dear God, I thank you that you, God, is always who you say you are. You never fail. You're the God of the universe. And I'm asking God right now in the name of Jesus Christ, God, that you would bless this broadcast. Bless those, God, that are watching, that they would they would be enhanced, inspired, and enlightened. And those that even watch at a delayed time, God, they would be blessed also and their family would be blessed. God, for just the message that you put in my heart to share with your people today. And I pray for that special anointing that God it would enter into the hearts of men and women and they would be inspired also and I give you the glory and praise in Jesus name thank God amen God bless you and I'm so glad to Patricia Chamber God bless you for joining us I'm so glad for you that are joining uh, this morning for the moments of inspiration I'm going to talk today uh, Genesis chapter 1 first book of the Bible and verses 26 through 28 Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 28 and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air over the cattle, and over all of the earth and over every creeping thing that continue to creep upon the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that continue to move upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb, barren seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree, yielding seed to you, it shall be, it shall be for me. 
All right, I'm going to talk today about something that I know you think you already know. Yeah, I, I, I thank you. I know that, Pastor. So I, you shouldn't use that subject, but I want you to understand who you are. Who you are. Just really, who do you think you are? And do you really know yourself? Do you really know yourself? Now, I, I, I can understand that some of you are saying, well, I know I know myself, and I know myself better than anybody else knows me. Well, that's a good statement, but it may not be true. Do you understand who you are? who you are. You, you, that's something that the question has been out there. And Psalms 8 uh, and verse 4 and 9, Psalm wrote, uh, What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visit him? So Psalm David asked this question said, What is man? Who is man that you are mindful of him? Now, listen, who is man? How, how, why are you mindful of man? Sister Dale, thank you for joining us. Uh, why are you mindful of man? What is it about man that, that gets your attention? And then verse 5 said, For thou have made him a little lower than the angels, and have crowned him with glory and honor. Now, making us a little lower than the angels, well, angels can appear and disappear. We cannot do that. So we was made a little bit lower than the angel. But now note what it goes on to say in verse 6. Thou madest man, they madest him to have dominion over the works of thine hand. Thou have put all things under his feet. So what, what God has done, everything that he made, all of his creation, uh, God have put it under his feet. Uh, good to see you, Garen Jr. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, he put it under his feet. And so when we look at this and, and, and think about it, that the whole creation is under gird by man. Man is in charge of it. Verse 7 said, all sheep, oxen, yea, the beast of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the path of the sea, whatever is in the sea, all, everything in the sea, everything on earth, God have given you command over it. O oh Lord our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. And so, man, this is the power that God have bestowed on you. When I say man, I'm talking about woman too, that God have bestowed on us. Now, when God have, since God have restored that, what is man in the view of vanity, of vanness? What is it that a vastness of creation and the uh, surpassing the glory and, and of angels and so forth? What is it that, that, that God, who do we presume we are? Who do we think that we are? When you think about yourself, what come to your mind? What come to your mind when you think of yourself? Well, his image. Well, he said he made us in his image. Now, we know that we can't, he, we don't look like God because we don't know what God looked like. We never saw him. He's a spirit, but he made us in his image. So what is the image? God put man here to represent him. That's what he was saying. He gave him power over all the earth, over all the fish of, sea, of the sea, everything in the sea, everything above the sea, birds, the fowls of the air on the earth. So it, we are God's representative. That's what it said about his image. We represent God. Now, image makers make a lot of money. 
if they are the image maker for uh, a, a television program, thank you, George Taylor, uh, for, for a program, uh, they're doing a movie, uh, doing a set, then they got an image person that, that, that want to make you look like who they say you are. And, and, and that person, you have to take on that image. And that's, that's called uh, play acting or acting, which is a uh, hypocrisy. You're not the person that you that they they show and project that you are but you are made in that image to project that out to the people that are watching so god put us here and said i want you to represent me and i want when folks see you and they hear you and they see you they know that you are representing me so that's what we do that's the representation so what else then do we do we are in his image that's a reflection of who god is and 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 then you can uh, be in his image uh you can be someone else who do they see when they see you what do they think about when they see you then it said in his image and in his likeness be in his likeness so god is a spirit and they that worship god must worship him in spirit and truth so what then is his likeness the likeness is function we are to represent him and we are to function like he functioned. How do we know how to function like he functioned? We read God's word. His word is our roadmap. It's our blueprint. And so we function like him. That means that if we function like him, we're not lying. If we function like him, we are not uh, backbiting. We're not doing all of these things that the world would do. Because we represent him and we function like him. Now, so we function like him and we represent him. Then what is the other thing then? In verse 28, he said, God bless them. And I want you to understand something. I don't care how much you try to do something, you're going to fail. Um, and many times you're going to fail and not you're failing just because you're trying to do it. No, 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 no. That's not the reason you're failing. You're failing because God have not blessed it. God have to bless you to do the things that he have assigned you to do. And so do not worry about what everybody else is saying and talking about. Just do what God told you to do and God will bless you. Proverbs 8 and 30 through 31 said, I, he said, he said, I was craftsman as his side and I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And how happy I was with what he created. He, his wit, his wide world of all of his families, a man can. So what he was telling them, God told us to take the earth and subdue it. Subdue it means to bring it under suggestion, bring it under the subjection of God uh, and to rule over it. You know, when you subdue something, uh, you, you, that means that God wants you to to, to manage it, to be able to manage it. And so we are God's representative. We are God. We are to function like God. And we are subdue the earth, bring it under God's subjection. Uh, and make sure that while we're doing that, bringing it under God's subjection, we can't do it if we're not living for God, if we're not living for God. And so God told man to subdue the earth, to rule it as a king would be would rule his kingdom that's right we are to rule the earth like a king would rule his 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 kingdom and and we are his children now but sin would ruin the whole thing that's right sin would, would, would ruin the whole thing satan would defy the will of god and make all the good that god told us to do and all the effort he'll make it wasteless useless so so what we have to do the earth is left herself if left by herself, would be nothing. I, I remember reading in a book. That's what we got to understand about what some of the things God put man here to do. Uh, reading in a book. And, and, and I was reading about this man who uh, saw a field. 
this field was just had wide, a lot of wild grass and flowers and shrubs just grew up and it looked real bad. And this man got a picture in his mind and he, he went out, had the people to clean off all hard folk to clean off all the weeds and all the debris from this land. And then he planted the many varieties of flowers and they were so beautiful and people would come from miles away to see the flowers. And they would, then they start saying, look what God have done. Look what God have done. And so the man said, yes, God did this. He said, but you ought to see how this field looked before God, before, before, before God allowed me to plant these flowers in them. So in other words, we have to help God. <laughs> We have to help God in order to keep and maintain the earth. And that's what we do. He said that guard it, guard it, guard it, and, 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 and keep, keep doing it. That's what we have to do. And so he said uh, uh, that sin would ruin it. Satan would defy the will of God and make all the good efforts difficult. And he's still trying to do that. The earth is left by herself would remain just tore up. Just tore up. Somebody, listen, we, we what we say, and we say, used to sing the song, still sing it. I got Jesus, and that's enough. Well, it's really not. You need Jesus to be saved for salvation, but you need the trash, the refuge people to pick up your trash. You need the electrical people to, to fix the wire, make sure the wire so you can get electrical into your house. You need the, a plumber to fix your, your pipes. You need a contractor to build a house. You So just you need more than Jesus. We need each other. That's why we miss it at who is man that we are mindful of him. Understand who we are. We understand who we are. We are precious in the sight of God. We are somebody. We are not just something that throwed up and something that was drawn out. We are the seed of God, the seed of Abraham, and, and the seed of David. And we are is more to us than what it's what we look like. And so that's what God wanted us to do. The beauty of the earth was only in the garden that God created, the Garden of Eden. The rest of the earth was hostile. The thing was not growing until God said to made man, thing was not growing because he didn't have nobody to keep it, nobody to attend it. And so God didn't let nothing grow until he got man in it to attend it. And, and so that's what we have to understand. So the creation of Adam and Eve, now, if we look at uh, uh, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 4, uh, he sum it summarized in the creation that the earth was made by God and that God made man, all the plants and everything was together. And, and, and then God had to put man in, and whatever man called them, that's what they were. Whatever he called the animals, that's what they became. They was already that, but they, that's what they act like. They didn't know how to act. The lion didn't know how to, that he was supposed to roar and why he was there. But when he called him a lion, he, he, he understood his, his purpose. When he called a sheep, they understood their purpose. The birds, except everything that he named, he, they, they became what he called them. Because Adam, that's, that was showing his rulership that he put in him. And now, when he got through calling all the names, then God said, not Adam, but God said, it's not good for a man to be alone. That's right. It's not good for man to be alone. And so I'm going to make him a helpmate, a helpmate, a helpmate. Now, we said mate, but it said actually a helpmate. So what do you mean by me? Uh, other words, I'm going to make something comparable for man, but I don't want man to, to be left alone. It's not good for him to be alone. He need a help me too, somebody that is comparable to him. So God put him to sleep in a deep sleep and, 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 and operated on him. That's why we get, that's where the first operation, this is the first mentioned thing where God puts somebody to sleep. So when they operate on you 99 and 9% of the time, they want to put you to sleep. So number one, you can't feel it. And if you could see what they were doing, cutting on you, you, know, you probably would die or pass out from fright. So they put you to sleep. And God said he took one of his ribs 
and closed the flesh up. He opened the flesh up to one of Adam's ribs and closed it up. And from that rib, he created a woman. That's right, created a woman. And so then he, when he worked, he brought the woman to Adam and woke up. And Adam knew these were bones of his bone because, in other words, he knew that a part of him had came out and that's th that this woman was the part of him that came out. So he said, this is bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. Remember, he had been calling, naming all the other animals, so he called her woman. Now, what do that word, this is a help mate, a help meet for you, Adam. So what do it mean? Help meet means, when you look at it in the Hebrew term and you break it down, one of the meaning, a lot of the new translation have added help mate, help you do this and help you do that. That's not the, the interpretation. The interpretation was help meet and what it means, opposite in front opposite in front. That's that's to help me. Other words, if it wasn't for the opposite in front, they could not bring in children. That's why all the other animals could reproduce themselves. So you can't reproduce yourself with the same person. That's right. You got to have somebody different in front. So it got to be a, a female. A female. And so she was opposite in front. Then God, when God married them, he didn't let them loose out in the wild by themselves, even though it wasn't nobody but them and Adam and Eve, and they was the only man and woman only. God said, I want you to be productive. I want you to be produce. I want you to bring kind. So I'm going to marry you. And so he said, therefore, a man should leave mother and his father. Now, Adam, mother and father was God was God. He said, leave him and cleave. That means stick to your wife. Stick to Eve. And, and that means glue together. So ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, marriage is not for children. It is not a thing for children. That's why I want to say, do you understand who you are? Do you understand who you really are? Marriage is not for children. And so children, we got a lot of folks that still got children mind engaging in marriage, and that's why they don't last. That's why that the church right now, in the statistic, the 50-50, the 50% of Christians 50% of the world get divorces or 75% commit adultery or fornication. So that's why marriage is not for children. It is a, it's a sacred thing. When you marry a person and you take the oath of marriage, the vows of marriage, you said that you're going to love, honor, protect, obey until death do your part. So that's a, that's a death one. That's a death certificate that you're going into. So if you don't want to keep and love and honor and cherish that person until death do your part, then don't come together. Don't come together. Stay apart. But God said it wasn't good for, for man to be alone. And so he told Adam, I want you to leave mother, father, and cleave to your wife. Stick to her. Stick with her. And bring forth children, etc. And that's what they did. And they was naked and didn't know it. Now, why they didn't know they was naked? Uh, well, the reason they didn't know they were naked, uh, uh, Sister Kemp, I thank you for tuning in. Uh, Brother uh, Riley, I thank you for tuning in. Now, let, let me tell you something. The re Ricky, they, the reason they didn't know they was naked, because their eyes hadn't came over to knowledge. That's what the tree told them, said, don't eat off a tree of knowledge of good and evil. When you do, you won't you have knowledge of things. They didn't know they was naked because they was covered with the glory of God. So when you're covered with the glory of God, there's a lot of things that you don't know. When God covers you, there's a whole lot of things that I, I didn't have that experience. And thank God I didn't. I, I, I was saved when I was 17 years old. I would, I've never been on drugs uh, other than prescribed prescription drugs, but I've never been on any type of addict. I never got drunk in my life. I never take, I know that somebody said, oh my God, uh, you lying. Well, I am not lying. I never did it. I've never been drunk uh, in my life, except from a prescription medicine, <laughs> from a prescription medicine that, that, that had a reaction. But other than that, 
I've never been drunk from drinking socially or so forth. I've abstained for that. So I may not can deal with the, uh, 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 bring into understanding and, and rehabilitating a drug addict or alcoholic better than some folks that know what they're going through and the symptoms they're going through. But I do know that, that, that there's something that God did not want them to have knowledge of. And when they got knowledge of them, then God came to them and said, who, where are you, Adam? Who told you you was naked? Who told you you was this? Who said this to you? And so you've eaten off of the tree that I told you not to do it. And now you got knowledge. And so ever since that time, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, man have gone after knowledge more than he go after God. That's right. They, they, they go after knowledge. And the Bible said men should become more and more wiser and, uh, in knowledge and less and less of knowing about God. And so we need to understand who we are. We are God creation. creation. We are God. We ought to act like God. We ought to work for God. We ought to believe in God. We ought to serve God. The best of our ability, we ought to serve God. Thank you, uh, Brother Samuel, for joining us. So we ought to serve God and not man. We gotta, that's what we got to bring into uh, fruition is serving God. And so God God married Adam and Eve, and they became one. And he told us to stick, leave, and cleave. That means if you're going to marry, man, leave your family and cleave. Mom and dad, don't talk to my, well, we're going to stay with my mom and my daddy. They got an a, a extra bedroom. Leave. Get out of there. Leave and cleave. Leave your mom and your dad and cleave to your wife. Stick to her like glue at that, you know, glue if you, if, 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 that's what divorce, divorce means to cut, to cut the cord. It cuts the relationship. But even though you've got a divorce and I'm not holding you, I'm not holding that crowd to swing that over your head because sometimes there's some people that you can't stay with. But if you got to get a divorce, uh, that's cutting the cord, they, like it's glue. Even if you take a, a, something that's glued together, if you take it apart, there's, there's, there's still some of the glue attached for each one. You don't leave a divorce without taking another part of that person, whether it's the anger, whether it's the good, or whatever, what a part of that goes with you. And so I'm, if you get ready to marry again, make sure that you've taken all that off. Taken, you smoothed it out, got rid of all of it. But don't go into another relationship and you still have that glue and, and peace splendors on you from that first marriage, hurt on you from that first marriage, sorrow on you from that first marriage. You got to smooth it all out. And when you join together another person, make sure that you're doing it for life, that you know this person and you understand this person and, and, and you understand even before you married him or, or her, that what if it's hypocrisy in their life, hypocrisy in their life. I, I, I'm a marriage counselor, been a marriage counselor. You know, I got my PhD in family Christian counselor, been a marriage counselor for almost 35 years. I was doing it before I got my PhD. So sometime when I'm given marriage counsel and I see some little defaults in one or the other, I would talk to the one privately and say, you know, uh, what I would like for you to do, I would like for you to say something in a way, say it in a nice way, but something to see how this other person will re emotionally react to it. And so if the person react bad to that, then I, I want to call them in and talk about that. And you can't, I'm not going to marry you if you got disagreements and you got, you're, you're arguing and fussing and, and disagreeing. Why put you together? You're already not, you're already apart. Why, why just put hell into hell when you know they're going to be fighting? So I don't do that. I won't marry them. I'll tell them right now, you, you don't have enough in your love bank. What do I mean by love bank? If you don't put money in the bank and you keep making withdrawals, pretty soon you're going to get what? Bounce checks. They're going to, you're going to get bounced check. So if you don't put enough in your love bank 
that if you can make a withdrawal and still have some left because you're still putting something in there, then no sense in you marrying a person they 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 already bankrupt. They they already bankrupt. That you don't have nothing. Nothing that you can't draw love. You can, you can't draw love out of nothing. So love is an emotion. It's more than emotion. Love is a commitment. And, and, and this is what we have now. This is why the divorce rate is so high. People think they're marrying just for one particular reason. Sex is because somebody look good, uh, uh, they smell good and talk good. But it's more than that to a man. I've been married for 55, 56 years, you all. You're looking at a man that's been married 56 years to the same woman and do not desire nobody else. And thank God for that. I do. I thank God for it. And you know, the longer we're married, the better it gets. We understand each other so well that sometimes we go to the store. I go, I'll be on my way home and I'll stop by and pick up something and she's already picked it up. And we know each other that well. So now, we, we before we pick up in this thing from the store, we call and say, hey, honey, did you did you get this or that today? Because we think in the life. We've grown so close together that we know each other. And we can, we know the mind. She know when I'm not when I'm not pleased. I know when she's not pleased. No, she can be smiling and laughing, but I know there's something wrong with Betty. What's going on, Betty? Let's get this stuff together here. What's going on? What somebody said? What's going on? Let's get it together. She do me the same way because we know each other. So this is what you got to understand. We was created, and, and, and this is what I'm going to tell you. Do you know yourself, and, and, and what do you know about yourself? And the greatest test in your life is your marriage and your companionship with other people. And we are married to God, so therefore God knows us in and out. He knows when we love, say we love him that we really mean it, and he knows when we are hypocrisy, hypocrite. And so we got to understand something, that God don't want us to be hypocrite. He don't want us to have this hypocrisy. So I'm talking to you today about that we are God-created work, and we are to serve God. We are to act like God. We are to think like God. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And if you have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus, he will He will quicken your mortal body. That means he will delight in you. He will bring you alive, make you alive, make you joyful, give you peace in the middle of your trouble. All of those things, simply because you love God. Everybody that said they love God don't really love God. They said they love him, but they don't love him. Now I'm going to give you, I got to close here quickly, but I'm going to give you several things about marriage that I idea of leaving and cleaving. And you say, well, Pastor, why are you just staying on this marriage? I want to hang in there because somebody got a, is having a lot of problems in their marriages, and I'm trying to help you. And that's why you need to post this. Pass it on. There's some people that's having trouble. So post this as much as you can. And when you post it, hope and pr don't hope and pray, believe that your friend that you do it will sit, post it to their friend so they can get around. Now, marriage is God's idea. Don't read these books that talk about marriage was started back in the ancient time and so on and so forth. No, that's a it's in Genesis 2, 18-24. It's God's idea. Now, commitment is essential to a successful marriage. If you are not if you are not going to be earnest with that married person, don't get married. It's essential to that. It's an essential thing. Uh, now, romance is important. Don't marry somebody and then all of a sudden you just are sad sack. You don't have no joy. No, you're looking pitiful all the time. And won't, you had your hair fixed every time the man saw you. And you made up and you were looking good. And then you get married. You don't comb your hair. Don't brush your teeth. Get out of here. The, the, you know what? And man, you get married. You don't take a bath. And you want to come and get a hug and all that stuff. And you smell it. No, get out of here. You don't come here and smell like a gorilla. And, and then think folk going to come up to you. So all of these things, people don't know. That's why I'm telling you. I'm crazy enough to tell you what the Lord said. Marriage hold times of joy. 
That's what it holds. Times of joy. That's number four. Number six, unfaithfulness break the bond of trust, the foundation of all relationship. It breaks it. So when you, when the fornication, adultery, lying, stealing, it breaks the bond of trust. You don't trust somebody that is that have did things to you. Uh, thank you very much for uh, Brother Randolph for being with us. But uh, this is what we got to understand that that there's a many things that will break that relationship. And this is why. Do you understand who we are? It all starts in America. We're married to God. And if you're married to God, all of these things should be implemented. Marriage is permanent. It's permanent. Now, I know that there's some cases that you had to cut the cord, but marriage should be permanent. Ideally, only death should dissolve marriage. Marriage is based on the principle of practical love. You have to practice love, not feeling. You don't do this because you feel like it. I don't feel like it today. You know, thank you, Sister Miller. That sometimes, no, I don't don't feel like I'm married. But do that stop me from being married? I got papers that said I'm married for 55, 56 years. So every day you may not feel like you're married. Some people say, well, I'm doing my 50-50 pastor, but he's not. Uh, she's doing, I'm doing my 50-50, she's not. There ain't no 50-50 in marriage. It's for better or worse, for death and to death do your part. So get that out of your mind. Throw it out of your mind talking about you doing your 50-50. Your 50-50 is not good enough. Sometimes you may be doing 100% and other people be doing five. But hang in there. It all changes. It's changing. You got to be like that little dog when they punch it and knock it down, it bounce back up. Hit it, it bounced back up. So you got to take a licking and keep on ticking. And, and, and then hold on. Because if you know who you are, what is that? Joy uh, 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 what the David said that 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 for a moment that that the, the anger may endure for a moment, but joy comes in the morning, and so just hang in there. Joy is coming, and as I close for the day, I want you to know that God loves you. I want you to know that you are not just something that was thought out. The Bible said in in in, in Psalms one thirty nine, for any part of me was made. David said, I was created. All of me was created in the earth before any of me. They see me before I enter into my mother's womb before. I became, they began to work on me and I began to grow as an embryo. God said every part of me was already known. He knew what I was going to be. He knew what I was going to do. do. Before the creation, before the foundation of the earth, we was put in the earth. So I want you to know who is man that you are mindful of him. Man is the position of God. He's God representative. He's God function. He's God child. He's God all in all. And we got to re remember who God is and we got to understand who God is and we got to serve God as never, never Never, never before. That's what we got to do. We got to serve God. Thank you, Francois. Uh, we got to serve God. And once we are serving God, we got to know that in him I live and I move and I have my being. And I'm saying to you, let's get this thing. Yeah, I'm getting excited because I get excited when I'm talking about God. That's right. I get excited when I'm talking about God because this is the thing that we, we must do. And so I got to cut off. I even hate I got to cut off, but I got to cut off. I got another appointment here. But I thank God for all of you that tuned in to Moments of Inspiration and get your life straight. Know who you are. Stick your chest out and say, I'm a child of God. You know how the men flesh their muscles and the women flesh their muscles and, and say, you know, oh, you're looking at their body and they got their stomach growing in and you see all the six-pack and all that stuff. Hey, you won't, six-pack won't get you in heaven. Righteousness will get you in heaven. Oh, my God. Listen, I got to cut off. Uh, thank you uh, for being here. Thank you, Brother Ramon here and all of you that have tuned in today. 
to moments of inspiration. Listen, I would like to embark on you uh, to send an offering, prepare an offering, and you should see it on the stream. Uh, we got it going to be posted up there. Uh, we, we, we receive money through PushPay. We receive it through uh, Giveify, and we receive it through people that mail it in to 135 West Victoria Street. Just put moments of inspiration on it, and I, I, I'm working on so many things. I know that some of you would like to have my notes. I would like for you to have them. I give away. See, I'm not one of these preachers that hold on to the note. I give away my sermon. Not all the sermon, the verbal part, I don't give away. They listen to that. But the written part, I give it away every Sunday. Every Sunday morning, I give away the sermon. And so I would know, like some of you that, you know, say, oh, by God, I'd like to have that, Pastor. And somebody, sometimes they ask me, say, if I, if, I, if I get it, can I use it? Why would I give it to you if you don't want you to use it? That's what I'm giving it to you for, because I want the word passed around. I want you to know, and I want you to know that I do not just set up and write something out. No, it takes me two to three days sometimes to write out a sermon that I may give you in 30 minutes to an hour. That's right, because I, I, I learned something from an old gentleman years ago. He said, I'm a pastor, and I do not give my folks slop. They are sheep. They have to be fed. Sheep do not eat when they nibble stuff. They eat the grass off the top. They don't eat the dirt. Go to eat anything. Go to eat canned papers or whatever he can get in his mouth. But we are not goats. We are God's people. And when we are God's people, we must have the best. Now that address for mailing in is 135 West Victoria Street here in the city of Long Beach, California, 90805. Again, 135 West Victoria Street here in the city of Long Beach, California, 90805. Or if you live in the area, you can do like a many do. Just drop it off, and we will thank you so much. Thank you, Great Open Door, and all of you that are not a part of Great Open Door. Thank you for your liberality. Thank you for tuning in today, and may God best be yours. Let me pray. Dear God, I pray today for these that are listening, those that's going to listen, God, at a delayed time, that their family will be together, that they will understand, God, who they are and what they're supposed to do, and they will understand that it starts with the family. We are the family of God. We are your children, God. We are your offsprings, and God, we have to serve you, and you said you're married to the backsliders, and bring them back in, God, in the name of Jesus. Bless families, God. Heal bodies, God, in the name of Jesus. To bring that boy off a of drug and that girl off a of drug scar. Heal their bodies in the name of Jesus. Open doors for them and make way. And I'll give you the glory and praise is yours in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen and amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And may God best be yours. God bless you. Have a blessed day.